Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Welcome to the Mr. Beacon podcast. We've got a very special, uh, I think significant episode of the show this week. We're going to be talking about 6G, ambient IoT, and this is something that could be a game changer, and uh, there's quite a lot to it, but we have found someone who I think is one of the best equipped people to talk to about it, uh, Amachai Sandorovich works for Williot, uh, and he spends his time working on new standards and has got an amazing track record. So I hope you find this useful uh, and actually hope you find this episode memorable as solution designers, entrepreneurs, part of our very strange job is trying to predict the future, trying to identify technologies that will be significant. And then we place bets and the currency is often our own time, our careers, uh, the time of our companies. And 6G ambient IoT is one of these really significant technologies that could alter the course of what we do. Those of us that work in this world of digital physical convergence, auto ID, indoor location, asset tracking, call it what you will. So enjoy it. I hope you find it interesting. The Mr. Beacon podcast is sponsored by Williot, intelligence for everyday things, powered by IoT Pixels. So, Amachai, thanks very much for agreeing to speak with me. I really appreciate it. Sure. Glad to be here. This is an unusual show. Uh, I mean, way back when, years ago, when this podcast started, uh, before I joined Williot, all of our interviews were done like this. And then COVID happened and we kind of fell into this remote thing. But I'm here in Israel. You normally work in Israel. It seemed like a great chance to talk to you because I think you're working on some really interesting stuff. Um, and I want to take this opportunity to pick your brains in public, as it were, about what's happening with 6G, which I think is a very important standard. And we'll talk about 5G as well, of course. But before we get into that and how that's impacting IoT, maybe we should start off with you uh, taking a few minutes uh, to introduce yourself and uh, what you do at Williot. Sure. Uh, I uh, came to Williot from Qualcomm, mm -hmm. which I joined after uh, I, my startup, the startup I worked here, 
Uh, Wailo City was bought mm-hmm. like eight years ago, something like that. Uh, in Williot, I, uh, I... And just to just pause, so Willosity uh, is the company that was the... A lot of the Williot uh, founders were, were at. Correct. And yes. this was kind of working on millimeter wave, right? Yes. Uh, super high performance, mm-hmm. now part of the 5G standard. Correct. Yes. It was the other, other side of the standard, if I call it. The high end, high throughput, high cost. Yes. Uh, side of things. Yeah. It, uh, this was in, the, in, in Velocity, I used to be the algorithm guy, and also I, I was a delegate to the standardization. What does algorithm guy mean? What, uh, what sort of so algorithms? So, all the uh, modem algorithms, oh. all the beamformings, okay. uh, the coding, the acquisition, the FI, all these uh, deep, tech. Deep, tech, yeah, deep tech stuff. Uh, as long as uh, interacting with other groups, like uh, all the other design groups mm-hmm. in uh, Velocity, mm-hmm. uh, including Analog, there mm-hmm. I met Alon, of course. Alon uh, is the Williot CTO, right? CTO, yes. And uh, of course, also relating to all the standardization efforts, mainly IEEE, and also we had a separate SIG to develop all the details, the technical details, which was later converged to the IEEE. So maybe a way of saying this is we've seen this movie before, you've taken some cutting edge technology and helped to shepherd it into a framework where there are actually standards that took something that was novel and uh, very interesting, but made it open so that lots of people could adopt it. Exactly. Moderated, moderated it into a agreement between many companies. Okay. So it's uh, it's more uh, consensus based, not a proprietary approach. And how does that relate to what you're doing now here at Williot? So in Williot, uh, we also have a super interesting technology. I think very innovative. We have a cutting edge uh, execution and. Uh, technology, mm-hmm. I think, which seems very interesting, I think, for uh, participating in standardization because, at least from my experience, uh, standardization usually uh, benefit a lot by a startup introducing what is possible. Mm-hmm. Before major companies, the big companies start uh, to execute uh, and uh, be more involved in the standards, they want to see it makes sense. They have a market for it. They have uh, the technical ability to to execute it. It's not very uh, uh, very exotic. It needs to be something that it deliverable in time and in uh, production level technology and through all the layers of a, a real product. Uh, numerous uh, approaches or um, viewpoints like security mm-hmm. or uh, accessibility or mobility, uh, legal, uh, marketing, mm-hmm. wh- wh- whoever is going to be using this technology needs to understand that there is a complete set of experts supporting mm-hmm. it, making sure it's up to uh, specific levels. 
And we, as a contributor, expect that uh, our experience, both the market and the usage, and uh, of course the technology in the manufacturing, the design, uh, uh, our experience will be exposed to the, these, group, these groups so they can use it and, and hopefully benefit from it. So this is a really interesting point that you're making. And I think, you know, a lot of our viewers are entrepreneurs, solution designers, and it must, it's a bit of a dilemma, isn't it? You, you, on one hand, you seek to develop something that's very unique, where you're very differentiated, where you have an advantage against your competitors. But what you appear to be doing is executing a strategy where all of that advantage is given away. Um, yes, it's, uh, it's the classic dilemma uh-huh. of a business. Uh, do you want to give some away or you want to, be, to keep everything to yourself? Yes. And uh, usually, uh, this is something I think Tal has uh, taught me very well. So he's the Williot CEO, he's one the of the Williot. co-founders, right? Yes. Along with Alon and your own. Correct. And uh, usually when you share your knowledge, others can uh, benefit you as well because they provide you with uh, uh, um, solutions or uh, complementary uh, issues or uh, problems that you are not fully aware of, mm-hmm. uh, that they can supplement your design and uh, then you can propose to a customer a much more complete solution. Uh, it guarantees for a customer that uh, a, lo- a long-term support for the technology is guaranteed. Mm-hmm. It guarantees a more uh, widespread uh, adoption, which allows for uh, lowering the cost and providing a better um, longevity and uh, future design or future um, products uh, will support also this uh, device that you have. It's mu- much more uh, complete customer yeah. offering than compared to if you keep everything to yourself, then uh, you don't have all these, uh, also the, the feedback from other companies, the technical guys from other companies significantly enhance the quality. Yeah. So it's a, it's a fascinating thing because as a business development sales guy in the past, I've really tried, I've focused so much on here's our advantage. Uh, but, you know, what I've seen, it's been five years at Williot and really no one is where Williot is in terms of battery-free Bluetooth, computer the size of a postage stamp, range, sensing, security. But what I've seen is, one of the challenges is when you're that far ahead, the lack of competition actually holds you back. People, I mean, this is a technology that can completely transform enterprises, use cases, even industries, but it's not gonna happen if people have to entrust a 150 person company, even though they're backed by Amazon and SoftBank and so forth. It's just not gonna happen. and. Uh, uh, so I, I, even though it seems really weird to be giving up all of this advantage, all this insight, all this experience, all the product of a lot of risk taking, 
uh, it's time to kind of, if I think if this technology is to cross the chasm, then you have to acknowledge, yeah, we're going to go from the innovators and the early adopters, the kind of the early players in the Jeffrey Moore crossing the chasm paradigm. If we're going to get to the early majority, then we have to uh, essentially eliminate the risks. And you do that by bringing in large companies, having them uh, think it through, add the, the benefit of their experience. So let's agree that we're doing the right thing, opening all this secret source up and spreading it around. Mm -hmm. um, who, who, what's the mechanism to do that? So what's, who, who are the standards bodies that you're working with? So currently, there are other companies that are very interested in this and are promoting uh, exactly the same use cases we are uh, seeing mm -hmm. or we are envisioning uh, through two uh, standardization bodies, actually the two largest standardizations. Uh, one is the FreeGPP, mm -hmm. which is the uh, standardization which is responsible for the cellular uh, world starting from 2G, 3G, uh, going now to 5G, mm -hmm. uh, all the, including all the network, the backward backend network supporting it, including all the security aspects and the mobility handover, the, the, global, uh, uh, the global deployments and the, the inter interstates issues, regulatory issues, all these aspects, and, uh, and connecting to the network, the services, the applications. So 3GPP, the third generation partnership or something like yes, that? Yes, third generation partnership project. Partnership project. They're the folks that defined 3G, 4G, 5G, and then 6G is kind of in, an inevitability, I guess. Yes. Um, and what you're saying is that there are other members of that. Williot's a member now, thanks to you and Alon. Uh, um, so you're kind of going back to some of the folks maybe that you worked with in the past. But we're not the only ones that are thinking of these use cases. Correct. Um, what's the, you know, what, what are these, what's the umbrella term for these use cases? What are they being called? The, this is... They are termed the ambient IoT. In okay, the, in ambient IoT. Yes. Uh, this is an umbrella name for all uh, very, very low power, low cost tags or devices that can be connected to a free GPP network, mm -hmm. which will provide you with a global coverage, actually. Mm -hmm. And uh, all the use cases we are dealing with as well, on top of others, like uh, uh, logistic centers, supply chains, manufacturing, uh, shopping, uh, agriculture, uh, even uh, find me with a smaller scale. Right. So rather than find my phone, it might be find my passport, find Correct. my wallet, find yes. my medicine, find yes. my jacket. Exactly. Uh, yes. So this technology is sort of going down to the item level. So if we, if, if we kind of look at the standards that have existed, because this isn't the first time that 3GPP and 5G 
has looked at IoT, right? Correct. We've had, what, can, can you yes. just name where we are in that IoT evolution? Yes. So, so one, one of the main items for 5G, if you recall, was the IoT. Mm -hmm. And uh, there are two main uh, features for IoT. One is the NB-IoT, and the second one is the reduced cap IoT. Okay, so MBIOT, narrowband IoT. Narrowband IoT. Uh, what is narrowband IoT? Yeah, so this is actually, it's very similar to reduced capability devices, which are basically taking the cellular mm -hmm. modem and shrinking it and reducing its capability in order for it to meet lower cost. Right. And enable, uh, but it's not guaranteeing anywhere sticker form factor. It's not right. near. These are kind of phone-sized devices, Correct. basically, yes. but probably a little more efficient in using the, the network. Correct. And a, so little bit, a little bit uh, more efficient and a little bit less costly, but still it's a long gap to the zero, zero cost, what's yeah. we call it here. So you're talking about a device that is many tens of dollars, probably a hundred dollars or so. For and sure. that's progress, I guess. That was progress. That was an important yes. step forward. And in my mind, those MBIOT devices were good for integrating into containers, shipping containers, and uh, who knows, even appliances and uh, cars and things like that. But it seems like what you're working on now is actually connecting with the things that are in the shipping containers, the products that are in the appliances, the refrigerators, the washing machines, yes. uh, the things that are inside the car, the parts and, uh, and, and, and that sort of thing. That's, is yes. that a reasonable? Correct. Uh, what was the other standard that you were talking about? Reduced capability or? Reduced capabilities. Yeah. It's another, uh, so uh, NB-IoT is one, yeah. uh, one uh, item, one uh, set of uh, properties and the second one is reduced capability which mm -hmm. also takes basically takes standard uh, modem where we all have in our phones and reduce significantly reducing its capability to make it cheaper okay uh, so we can uh, deploy it uh, it's so it, it won't cost as much as a phone modem and uh, and properly being able to to reduce the cost will make uh, enable it to be deployable with more uh, devices like sensors in uh, in industry in industry where we need to put the sensor up a chimney for example mm -hmm. it's not sticker form factor right uh, anyway right. anywhere near but it's still reasonable for a sensor uh, to use this so it's a step on the way to being able to get to ambient iot which is well what is ambient iot how would you define it so ambient IoT is taking the extra step from the A and B IoT or the reduced cap, which enable truly uh, almost zero cost. Almost mm -hmm. zero cost, sticker form factor, something closer to RFID mm -hmm. stickers, mm -hmm. uh, which is significantly different than what NB IoT or reduced capability mm -hmm. currently f uh, uh, enable in the 5G. So in order to enable this huge market, a significant technical changes needs to be uh, adopted by the free GPP, mm -hmm. uh, which will differentiate it from uh, the NB-IoT. 
So you mentioned RFID, these uh, sticker form factor technology. RFID exists today, there's sort of standards that support them. Why would 3GPP bother to look at something that's already out there? It, it works. Um, what's, yeah. it's why a good go question. Good question. Um, uh, basically, our end product is very similar in size to RFID indeed, mm -hmm. and also uh, the information coming out of the tag is very similar. Uh, there are several issues with the RFID tags. Uh, first of all, it's a very old technology. It's mm -hmm. like more than 20 years on the market. Mm -hmm. uh, but it keeps progressing. They have uh, more markets. and uh, But they have a, a specific market because there, there is a need for a very sophisticated reader mm -hmm. in order to, to read these tags. The reader must be very close mm -hmm. to the tag, mm -hmm. few meters, no mm -hmm. more. And it's very expensive. I mean, it's not something that you can uh, deploy in a huge logistic center yes. without a very significant cost to the additional cost. And uh, it, it's basically a little bit different. I mean, it's not like cellular when you, you can envision wide... Um, Wide uh, deployment and wide coverage. Wide coverage. Uh, the RFID is a, a much smaller coverage, mm -hmm. local usage more. Kind of um, because the the tags are pretty low cost, but the infrastructure is really quite expensive. You're talking about hundreds, thousands in some cases, hundreds of thousands of dollars. If you and then maybe even millions if you're going to blanket and have kind of continuous real-time visibility Coverage. everywhere. Yes. So it seems like RFID has, has made progress. It's kind of probably the closest thing that we've got to this vision of IoT. Um, yes. um, but it's kind of got stuck because, it's, uh, because of the technology's cost. It seems like it's there at choke points. You know, you can get an expensive handheld reader, but it's a proprietary device. It doesn't do anything else. Seems like with 3GPP, given that their technology is in the phones and it's everywhere, everywhere, then potentially what this does is it has readers of sticker-sized, let's call it auto ID technology, automatically identifying technology that can give a unique ID to assets that could be everywhere, anywhere in everyone's pockets, uh, in uh, eventually built into cars and appliances and um, uh, so yes that's a pretty exciting prospect uh, i mean this could change the world right i agree it's something that uh, many companies are looking at and everybody understand and acknowledge the gap between the nbiot mm -hmm. which is very low cost infrastructure but very high cost device mm -hmm. on the other end the rfid has a very cost-effective tags, but the infrastructure is very expensive. Mm -hmm. So this gap where you need reasonable infrastructure, but also reasonable price tags is something that now FreeGPP is looking at. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role like me. 
In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. And, you know, if we look at the RFID industry, there's some pretty big deployments, but it's not ubiquitous, is it? It's, um, uh, and as a student of this space, I kind of look at all the effort that goes in on an RFID deployment to prove the return on investment and it has to be just out of the park good in order for this technology to be developed. And my perspective on you know the progression of 3G, 4G, 5G, 6G, there's almost an inevitability about it. And I, I think, I mean, some of the reasons are pretty obvious. You have some of the largest companies in the world. Phone companies tend to be very, very large. Uh, and they have big advertising budgets. Um, and these devices that they provide the technology for, they've got a, some kind of replacement cycle. So it seems like there's an almost inevitability about a technology that ends up in that basket of, 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 of ideas, of tools, that it's just going to happen. And that's kind of what you want uh, when you're building an infrastructure that's going to transform the world. It's not like... We don't look at the ROI around a highway uh, to get from one side of the states to another. It's just infrastructure that's there. And uh, that's what enables commerce. And it seems like this is the potential of this. So you can probably tell I'm very excited. Where are we now in this process? Um, what are the stages that we have to go through before we don't have to think about it and we can just have tags that are virtually free, talking to devices that are already there? What's... Uh, what the stages are. Yeah. So 3GPP now is in the process of uh, uh, starting this. So they're issuing a technical reviews uh, about the technology, uh, where they have concern about the technical, the technical uh, possibility of achieving this uh, widespread adoption. So. They're carefully checking every item and see that uh, that uh, how can this be resolved in our standards in the in the FGPP standard. Uh, by the end of uh, next year, probably middle of next year, there will be the technical report, including the normative text. Uh, once this report is made up, uh, it goes to all the other groups, which is the security group. Uh, the mobility assessment uh, access group, uh, the core network group, the RAN group, the radio access group. Uh, each of these groups uh, start to work on the specific item which relates to its expertise mm -hmm. and how they are going to implement uh, this feature, if any, if it's possible. Mm -hmm. Maybe they can conclude it's not possible, I don't mm -hmm. know. So um, this is the process. 
Uh, now uh, there are two uh, re um, two uh, relevant uh, releases. 3GPP works not on 5G or 6G, but on releases. Okay. So this 5G thing is really just a marketing Marketing. Term? It's, it's a GSM, GSMA forum, which okay. markets the technology as a 5G, 6G, IoT. Okay. So once the uh, requirements are, uh, are established in the release 18 and 19 or 20, uh, then GSMA will uh, issue a marketing brand, 6G, 5G. Right. Usually the feature are not uh, like, it's not getting in a specific release. It starts in a specific release. Second release adds more uh, enablers. So it's a process. Okay. So what release are we on at the moment? So 2024 should uh, have uh, release 18 at the market product. Okay. So now we are in the process of closing release 18. Okay. Uh, release 19 is expected 2026 product in the market. So uh, now the, the definition and requirements and specification goes for early 18 and 19. Mm -hmm. There are two uh, working uh, items for this uh, ambient IoT. In release 18, there is a working item for the, there is a study item for the uh, run group that uh, try to understand if it's reasonable to include something in release 18 already for the RUN. Mm -hmm. RUN is the radio access network, so... So those are the base stations, the cell towers yes. that we see by the motorway. The, the actual and, connection uh, between the base station and the phone is RUN. Okay. And then this group starts to study, probably, it's not uh, confirmed yet, but uh, study the, the how ambient IoT RUN will be, can be used can be defined. Okay. And the other activity is the SA1, the uh, group, which is the more general. This is intended for release 19, uh, which means we define KPI for the downstream groups, like I said, mobility, security, core network, uh, study item for them to start work on this feature for release 19. Okay. So it seems like there's standards and technology that can go into base stations and there's going to be components that will go into handsets and mobile devices Correct. and if i'm hearing you properly there's a possibility that base stations could maybe talk to tags Correct. Uh, and handsets yes. could talk to tags as as well there are discussions of uh, these also as well i'm not sure where it's going yes but uh, of course, it will uh, need to be supported also by the core network, right. because the the service which is provided by the tags, it's not a regular service that the user from yes. the phone. It's a different service. Well, this is really important, and I think, you know, when I'm the marketing guy, so I try and make everything simple. We talk about battery-free Bluetooth tags that we've in production of version two. It works. It scales. The thing, uh, you know, just costs pennies. And people very often say, that's a great pitch. I'd like to buy some. And then we say, oh, well, but there's also these cloud components and you need to have these other low-cost Bluetooth devices. They only cost a few dollars, but uh, you need those. And so even with our technology, which is in production and scaling, we're making millions of these tags every month. We're taking purchase orders for hundreds of millions of these things. Yes. 
it's more than just a tag is what I'm taking a long time to say. But uh, so yes. I, I'm kind of excited because I think it's the other bit. Everyone gets the tag. But the thing that slows people down is, oh, I've got to have cloud services. Oh, I need to have some software that's running on the Wi-Fi access point. And mm -hmm. even though the Wi-Fi access point guys there, you know, Williot's been working with all of them. Uh, and uh, so all that's happening. It's you know, very much for Williot, and it doesn't allow you to have a multi-vendor solution. So right. the thing that excites me is kind of the boring bits, but the bits that really allow the scale, which is hmm. beyond the tag. We proved that you can have a tag that's secure, that can sense, um, that's very low cost. Yes. But we know that it's the infrastructure that slows things down. And, and what I'm hearing is that that you telco guys are really good at infrastructure, right? 3GPP, one of the main advantages of 3GPP is the ability to uh, enable it across the entire service, network, uh, all, the, all, the, all the features, the, the billing, everything is, is included. So you get a very good coverage and support for this feature across many, many, you can get Devices supporting it without even knowing the name Williot. So yeah, that's good. Yeah, that's so um, you, you uh, sort of referenced, uh, you know, if this technology works, question. But you and I know this technology does work because right. we've seen it on yes. customer sites, and we know that we've got huge backlog of orders for it, and and, and so forth. So does that uh, does do you, does that help? The process? The, I hope the, this, so. Yeah. I hope so. One of the main motivations, I think, for us to join the, the, these uh, uh, standardization meetings is to, to, uh, to show uh, that it can be done, that it works. Uh, this is one example how we did it. There are maybe improvements that other companies can suggest, but it can be done, it can work. Yeah. Uh, there is no... Uh, we have experts in our company from the antennas to the uh, digital backend and to the cloud the services and the data analysis. And the fact that we are all in the same uh, company at the same site uh, enable us to deliver real uh, uh, optimizations and real, yes. um, I don't know how we say it, a real compromise from each other to make it work, yes. which are harder for larger companies. So, Yeah, I think that's absolutely true. In, in a sense, it would be very hard for a very large company to do what we as a small company have done. Our, our, our strength is almost our smallness in size and yes. the fact that there's been this compelling vision and everyone has had to work together. There's no, there's very little politics here. It's like, how can we get yes. this to work? So hopefully right. that will help to, to work as a catalyst to his, maybe it's not, we're not saying it's going to be done our way. Um, of course. Um, there'll be other ideas, hopefully ideas that will make what we're doing better. Correct. But the question of does it work, can it work, is not really a question. It can work, it can scale. Can it be improved? Quite probably, quite hopefully, yes, um, yes, it, yes. it will, and it will change, and we'll hopefully uh, use the Brains Trust, which is this incredibly powerful organization. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. We've covered a lot. 
Um, I think we should probably wrap it up now. Unless this is, is there anything else that you think we should have talked about just to kind of inform people? So there is another uh, uh, major standardization which we mentioned at the beginning, which is the IEEE. Ah. IEEE is responsible for the entire internet, Ethernet, wireless internet, which is another very big uh, standardization, which is also started to look on this uh, ambient IoT. Mm-hmm. It's called AMP, Ambient Power uh, Devices, uh, which is also looking on this. And maybe there, there will be also a, a standard there that supports uh, this form factor. Um, need to see if, if it's also... Uh, How does that play out, though? Do you potentially have incompatible standards between IEEE yes, and... You, yeah. Eventually, your product needs to choose okay. uh, which one to go. Okay. Yes. So a bit of competition in the standards area. It's uh, good. That's probably a good thing. Yes, um, I, agree. I agree. Very good. Excellent. So, Amachai, have you had a chance to think about your three favorite songs? Favorite songs. It's will, it was a very difficult exercise. I imagine it's one of the more difficult things you've had to do today. I think so, yeah, I imagine so. But I did uh, manage to come up with three. Excellent. What are they? So, uh, first one is uh, Mr. Blue Sky, you know? I do, ELO, Electric ELO, Light yeah, Orchestra. Yes. One of my favorite albums. Yes, yes, mine too. Any reason why? Uh, it's uh, it's uh, it's kind of uh, very uh, connecting music. I mean, it's very melodic. Yes, but also very good vibes. Yeah, it's like positive, uh, positive. Very yeah. comes from a very deep place, I guess. When you are looking up, yeah, and you see <laughs> and you see the positive things. So that's really good. Yeah, I always it always reminds me of my grandmother who I, I used to help her, I helped her decorate her apartment um, uh, when, when I was a teenager, and uh, she bought me that album as really? a thank you. So thank you for, it means something to me too. <laughs> it's nice. Yeah, it's, a, it's an old one. <laughs> yeah, for yes. sure. Okay, so that's number one. Number two? Number one. The number two is the Metallica. Ah. Yeah, it's uh, the... Oh, it's named uh, Nothing Else Matters. Okay. I have to say you're on your own there. I, uh, I, I respect uh, metal, but uh, I'm not particularly uh, conversant with it. But, yeah. uh, any reason for that one? I think it's a very energetic uh-huh. uh, and also a bit, a, um, a bit more personal. It's not okay. like a noise, but yeah. there are some personal things there that I can relate to. Okay. The the lyrics? The lyrics. All oh, right. Yes. What are the lyrics about? It's uh, nothing else matter. It's like, uh, you know, a, a personal stuff that you are in. Uh, you need to convince yourself that uh, you are the one that's important mm-hmm. and everything else is noise. And mm-hmm. you need to like, this, this is my understanding. Believe in yourself sort of thing? Believe in yourself. Yeah. Believe in, in the things that you are important and the yeah. things you are. Uh, feeling is important, yeah. Very, yeah, uh, that's uh, excellent. I can see why you chose it. And number three? And number three is totally different. It's Rihanna. Okay. <laughs> I, I also like her music. Uh-huh. And she has the love on the brain, you know the song? Uh-huh. 
I'm actually not super familiar with it. No. <laughs> yeah. She also has like a nice touch to the lyrics. Uh -huh. And uh, yeah, Love on the Brain is like a little bit uh, strange, uh, you know, live on, Love on the Brain. Yeah. yeah. No, not Love on the Body. <laughs> okay. Cerebral uh, in your mind. Yeah. Very good. Yeah. Thanks. Well, thanks for sharing those three songs. Among a lot of others. Really? Yeah. So you're, uh, you're into music generally? I like music, yeah. yeah. Yeah, me too, me too. I don't know how to sing or to play anything, but uh, it makes me even like it more. I'm in the same boat. I, I used to sing in the choir when I was a kid. My voice broke and never again. I remember singing on my, uh, during my bachelor party and even when everyone was terribly drunk, it was clear that I was causing a lot of pain to everyone around them. So to the people around you. Very good. Thank you very much. Well, Amachai, thanks so much. I really enjoyed this. It's a very interesting time. Anyone that's into technology, I think this is a huge opportunity, whether you're working for a major um, corporation that wants to think about how will my business model change when everything I use and sell can be connected to the internet. It's a huge opportunity for the software developers. Suddenly, your software can talk to everything. Every syringe, um, pill vial, vaccine vial, um, food container. Um, I think consultants, systems integrators. And the thing that really makes me excited is we've seen what an impact this can make on the world. You know, we see that when you turn the light on, which is effectively what you're doing when you connect everything, you can spot massive inefficiencies, you can spot safety issues. So my hope is that the work that you're participating in takes us to a world that is more environmentally sustainable because we're wasting less. Um, where products are safer, where there's less theft, less uh, leakage, uh, mm -hmm. this sure. euphemism. So I think it's really exciting. Well, I'm going to make a point of checking in with you on a regular basis as we do this. And I just want to give a shout out. If anyone is interested in what you've heard, you want to learn more, then uh, Williot's going to be at the big telco meeting that is coming up in a few days after this uh, goes out in Las Vegas Mobile World Congress. And then there's a, another even bigger meeting in Barcelona, MWC in Barcelona, uh, early 2024. And we'll be presenting on uh, a lot of the material that we've uh, described, but we're going to be doing it with some help from um, our friends at uh, ABI, a very uh, uh, respected analyst organization. They'll be talking about uh, the market size, basically the internet of trillions. They'll be talking about some of the use cases. And we'll also have some folks from Deloitte there that are going to be talking about the process. What should companies do to get ready for, for all this? So if you can, join us there. If you can't, then watch out for a white paper that uh, we're going to be collaborating on uh, um, mm -hmm. that uh, documents a lot of what we've talked about. And there's also going to be a podcast. So a lot of information coming out. Uh, I think it's worth dipping into it because this is a huge opportunity for, for the whole world, really. agree. It's like uh, the next uh, transformation. Very good. Amachai, thanks again. Thank you for having me. So, I hope you 
enjoyed that as much as I did. I got uh, a huge amount out of that uh, conversation. I think we covered a lot of ground. Um, so thanks for uh, sticking with us, listening to the end. If you've had to listen through some advertisements, and many of you, if you're listening on um, iTunes and Spotify and so forth, you may have to put up with that. It's part of the deal with our distribution platform. They uh, play adverts, they get money, and actually we get some money, um, but we actually give all of the money away, at least whilst I'm working at Williot. My pledge is to give all our advertising revenue uh, money away to a charity called Monarch Schools, uh, which or the Monarch School, which is for um, uh, kids who are homeless here in San Diego, which is where I am. That interview, as you can probably tell, is not our normal location. It was in Williot's office in Israel. So thanks again. Speak to you, or at least uh, I will speak to you and uh, look forward to your engagement next time. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.